welcome to episode 144 of the Two Guys, a Glove, and a Cook Bottle podcast. He's Thomas Dodd. He's Danny Zarchi. And we're Giants fans. And uh, we're all-stars, Thomas. How does it feel? How does it feel to be an all-star? Well, somebody once told me that the world was going to roll me. Yeah? What else did they say? Well, dang it, Danny. You're not going to make me say I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> not, the, uh, not the brightest bulb in the shed, huh? Um, the sharpest crayon in the box, yeah. So we, we're joining you on Saturday, July 10th, uh, one uh, one day before the All-Star break. Uh, we, we're a little bit past the 81-game mark, but, um, you know, now's a good time to kind of reflect on the first half of the season. Giants are doing pretty well, Thomas. I know that's kind of how we've started every show over the last uh, so far this season, but they're doing pretty well. We just read the headlines, man. We're not, you know, we don't write them. We just read the headlines. <laughs> Uh, so to make your point, yeah, the Giants have clinched uh, having the best record in baseball at the All-Star break, regardless of what happens on Sunday, uh, the final game of the quote-unquote first half of the season. Uh, the Giants did have a little bit of a bumpy stretch since we last spoke. They lost uh, four games in a row for the first time this season, including two uh, to the Dodgers, which kind of hurt uh, in the division standings there momentarily. Uh, but they are 6-2 and two since, so even on a down note, we got to come back and uh, do the pod on a high note. Yeah, luckily the Giants get to play the Diamondbacks a lot, which is pretty nice. You and I should try playing the Diamondbacks. We might pick up some wins, <laughs> especially if they, they'll come to our houses. Yeah, I, I just I played some softball today, and I'm pretty sure the guys I was playing softball with would have a, a, a puncher's chance against the Diamondbacks. I mean, we'd lose horribly. We, would, we wouldn't make a single out, but it would be funny. Um, so... Uh, yeah, like Thomas said, the, the Dodgers beat the Giants two games in a row. So here, here's the most important question. Do you consider a two-game series a sweep? Is that a thing? Should we say sweep? It's kind of like if a sweep is a vacuum, this was a dirt devil. You know, it's useful, it's there, but it's going to take you forever if you want to clean your whole house with it. This is like a Black & Decker. It's like it, it, it's, it's effective for a short amount of time and then will completely die uh, after you get through two games. Black & Deckers, neither Black nor Deckers discuss. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, uh, so the Giants lost two to the Dodgers, three or four from Arizona. They won they three or four from Arizona. Don't, don't they won wrong. three or four from Arizona. Uh, they lost two or three to the Cardinals, which hurts me in particular because I made a bet on that series with a Cardinals fan friend of mine. And the Giants, uh, they won yesterday and today against the Nationals. They have a third game tomorrow against the Nationals. Um, So here we are at the All-Star break. Kevin Gossman finishes the first half, and again with quotes, uh, with a 1.74 ERA. Uh, Real good. Uh, Real good. Uh, Brandon Crawford, uh, who will probably play tomorrow, so these numbers may end up getting adjusted a bit, finishes with 18 homers and 58 RBI. Um, there was, uh, something that John Miller was talking about, uh, I believe yesterday and he posted on his Instagram, uh, Brandon Crawford was walking around with a t-shirt that said, let the old guys play that apparently Evan Longoria, um, printed out for all the, all, all the old guys. Um, how does it feel to have a, a, a baseball player who is literally the same age as you and me to be considered an old guy? I think that just means that we're from the golden generation of Giantsdom. <laughs> 
you know, we're similar ages to Crawford and Posey. Um, I think guys like Matt Kane are maybe a little bit older than us, but close to our age. So I feel like we are the golden generation. That's how that makes me feel. And that's that's a great spin on it. That's that's shinier than I was going. That's got um, a better spin than the uh, San Diego Padres home run celebration necklace. That's got uh, that's got that's got spider tack level spin right there. I like it. Twenty eight hundred um, RPMs, baby. Let's go. So Brandon Crawford, uh, eighteen home runs. His career high is twenty one, uh, which he did in twenty fifteen, uh, the first time he was an All Star, and that uh, his twenty one home runs. In 2015, along with a 782 OPS, again, 782 OPS was enough to get him an all-star and a silver slugger. Uh, Now he's sitting at an 887 OPS, uh, 18 homers. Again, the the 887 OPS is coming into today, so it's gone up. How does it feel to know that he's having the best season of his career offensively by far and yet has zero chance of being the best shortstop in baseball right now, even the National League West? Well, there's a renaissance at the position, and you know that's part of the reason Crawford's wearing that shirt is there's a lot of great young shortstops out there performing feats of strength, you know, uh, at the plate. But he's still doing a level of defense that they some of them can only dream of ever doing. Some of them are equal or better defenders in their young ages. But uh, it's the reason he's wearing the shirt is because he's putting up great production despite being for his position, especially very old. Right. And um, it, it's interesting also because one of the, I'd say, more surprising things we saw uh, about the All-Star game is that uh, the Dodgers, who are uh, second in the National League West, one of the better records in the baseball, um, one of the best run differentials in baseball, they don't have a single All-Star, uh, a single starter, starting All-Star. Um, the Giants... Uh, Crawford was is is a is a uh, backup. Posey is a starter, but is injured, which we'll talk about. Um, and Gosman is uh, going to pitch at some point, but it, it it doesn't seem like the best teams are really fielding a ton of all stars. Do you think that that's kind of a shift in the in the baseball makeup, or is that just kind of a fluke? Well, the most exciting player in the National League West is on the third best performing team this year. I mean, Tatis Jr. is one of the faces of the league. And, you know, obviously he's going to get the most fan votes and he deserves it. He stole a bunch of bases. He's hit a bunch of home runs. Um, So that's just a little bit of an oddity there. But as far as the Dodgers not making it, um, everyone on their squad is just having a pretty good season. You know, nobody's especially raking. None of them are in the MVP conversation, I would say, despite uh, the living fear I have of ever seeing Max Muncie with a baseball bat in his hand. Um, so it's it's kind of like the opposite of what happened with the Atlanta Hawks in the NBA, where they're like, oh, all five Atlanta Hawks should be all-stars. And it's like, well, then they went to the playoffs and got absolutely crushed by LeBron James. So... Uh, sometimes it's about having the stars. Sometimes it's about having the complete and full lineup, which the Dodgers and Giants have just had this year. You know, they both have looked really good, one expected and one not. Right. And uh, something that we were talking about earlier in the season was this function on a uh, baseball reference called wins above average by position. Um, the, the Giants were number one in the National League. Last time we looked at it, they are number one right now. They have 9.9 
war, uh, not war, uh, sorry, wins above average. Um, the by far, uh, and the Dodgers are uh, number two with 8.6. The Padres are number three with 6.9. And then way below that, the Brewers are fourth with 4.9. Um, if you look at where the Giants are doing well, not surprisingly, it's uh, catcher. Uh, they're second in the league at first base, which uh, is a lot of uh, Lamont Wade Jr. Uh, but um, their starting pitching is kind of the higher end of the middle of the road. But if you if you kind of look at it, it's catcher. They're obviously doing really well. First base, they're um, they're second in the National League. Shortstop, they're second in the National League. Center field, they're third. Right field, they're fourth. Outfield total, they're third. So it's just kind of a lot of un. I mean, unremarkable. But what's remarkable is that they're doing so well at so many positions. And How kind did of you that's. Build- how did you build your fantasy team this year? Was it uh, stars and scrubs, or did you build a, a deep team with some uh, money you saved for late in the auction? So I don't really do very many auctions, or or as they're calling it now, salary cap leagues, because they're trying to get away from the nomenclature of owning players, which I, I, I'm a fan of, uh, moving away from that. Um, but, uh, you know, my best team has uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. on it, unfortunately. And uh, he, he got some bad news today. Um, so now it's just scrubs? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So, you know, the, like the Giants, like, like I just said, they're, they're doing well, really well in a few positions, but they're not really doing poorly at any position. The, the, the worst position is the left still. field, yeah. uh, which is mostly Dickerson. Um, I mean, Dickerson Later. has the most played appearances, but Dickerson, Talkman, Slater, uh, and then, you know, a little bit of like Wade uh, Ruff. Estrada now, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Estrada has four played appearances coming into today. And then second base is uh, is a below average position for them. Donovan Solano hasn't really turned it on yet. Um, I but, like how optimistic you are. Donovan Solano hasn't turned it on yet, as if it's inevitable. I mean, if you look at the last several seasons of his career, it – it's something that we should be able to expect. I mean, he batted 330 and 326 in his two years as a giant. So one of those was a year. The other one was not a year. It was 60 games of baseball. (laughs) To be fair, 2019 was not a year either. It was only 81 games and 228 plate appearances. But my point stands. (laughs) Does it? I think your point just fell down. Um, I think that he's going to, I think he's going to do better than he's been doing. That's my point. Um, so, yeah, the, the Giants are kind of the, the hallmark of this season has been you don't really know who's going to be good, that they've lo- they've had a bunch of guys be hurt. Um, they've Longoria's out. He's missed a bunch of time. Uh, Belt is out. He's missed a bunch of time. Um, the, the news, the biggest news is that Buster Posey went on the I.L. with a thumb injury. Um, he's obviously been amazing, but Joey Bart, got called up and had a great game today. And guys like Lamont Wade Jr., who's gotten a lot of oxygen on this show uh, for good reason, is doing great. Darren Ruff has been really good, has been uh, having a lot of power in the last week, three home runs. So, I mean, on the one hand, this kind of feels precarious because some of these guys, you just don't really think that they're going to keep it up, but they just keep doing it. Or, you know, this next man up approach has been working. Precarious is the word that I would grab onto from what you just said, because that perfectly describes how I feel about it. When you line it up 
kind of how I did on our, our talking points here, Longoria, Buster, Belt. That's the heart of the order. Like that's, those are the guys you'd expect to be, if not three, four, five, you know, maybe three, five, six, or, uh, you know, you're, you're not talking about uh, a marginal left fielder batting eighth who keeps going in and out of your lineup based on injury. You're talking about guys who are just critical to the success of the team uh, in the middle of that lineup. So it has been pretty spectacular the way the Giants have filled in those positions. And as we say every show, that's a testament to both the coaching staff and uh, the general manager and uh, Farhan Zahidi uh, to, to keep guys coming in and keep them productive once they're on the field. But it cannot last forever. I emphasize that cannot last forever. You cannot go into the playoffs with Lamont Wade Jr. and Darren Ruff in your, in your one in five holes. Like, it's just not going to happen that way. Well, and I think, I think we can go back to the, the basketball analogy that you were just talking about. Um, when LeBron comes out of the game, when Steph comes out of the game, they're going to come back in and the back, all the backups have to do is not blow the lead or not, not completely lose the game before the starters can come back in. Um, and if Wade and Ruff and Bart and Tyro Estrada, who we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about a little bit more tonight, um, can kind of uh, hold the door, so to speak, until, in, you know, until Thor, uh, Thor comes back with his hammer um, or with, uh, with, with the axe in Endgame, you know, like it's just, it, it's, it's house money at this point because we think that the team with Buster and Belt and Longoria will be really good. But uh, the fact that they haven't completely blown the lead and not only that, but have increased their lead in the division and compared to the, the other records in the majors is just incredible. Yeah, I think that four-game losing streak really put uh, the fear of God into the the Twitter base and us in particular as reactionary people. But it's hard to say anything bad about the team when coming into the season we were happy with third place, thinking maybe fourth place, and then to have the best record in baseball at the break is it's just an incredible feeling, and it's just a testament to like we said everything that the team has done. Yeah, uh, so and, and, far, and I'll I'll be the first to admit that. I've kind of always expected that the Giants were going to lose the division lead to the Dodgers, that the Dodgers were at some point going to put it together and the Giants were going to stop, you know, uh, playing with house money, so to speak. And the Dodgers were just going to, you know, grow a division lead like they have the last several years. Um, And then the Giants would be fighting for second place and would probably win third place and have, have to do well in the wild card and stuff like that. And that just hasn't happened yet. Wait, you really have been thinking that the whole season? That's not how you've been portraying yourself. No, I, I mean, I, I, I think somewhere deep down. Um, but, I, you know, Are we all I, just I, actors on a stage playing our part. Do you think <laughs> that you have to be super optimistic just because that's the role we slotted you on the show? I'm like the cynicism? opposite. I'm like the opposite of Brian Murphy's character on uh, McCovey Chronicles. Okay. So. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's not that's not really how I feel. I mean, like I, I'm, I, I think like in my you know heart of hearts, just looking at the teams on paper, the Dodgers look better, and I'm Are happy you- to uh, to to enjoy what's going on. But you know, I, I don't think you could possibly have looked at these two teams and figure and concluded that the Giants are going to be the better team. Um, I'm happy that they are, but you know. I know how to read as, as the guy says in, uh, did you just say, I know how to read. 
you know, just like Tommy Carchetti in uh, season three of The Wire, I know how to read a poll. <laughs> you interrupted yourself in the worst part of that sentence. Um, I have a question for you, Danny. Are you the reason someone had to invent the expression, like, if I held a gun to your head? Because is that the only way to get your actual feelings out of your body instead of the weird false projection that you walk around with most of the time? You know, I'm pretty sure if somebody held a gun to my head, you'd get a lot more than words coming out of my body. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Carcetti. Littlefinger, Carcetti, such great characters played by Aidan Gillen. What a, what a treasure. <laughs> so we, uh, we do have some, I mean, some news. Um, Tyra Estrada has, uh, well, our, our friend, a uh, guy that I've always rooted for a lot, um, uh, Mauricio Dubon has, uh, was sent down. Um, Tyra Estrada is up and he's been playing a bit. Um, and he has the, the most ridiculously inflated stats, uh, especially today with uh, three kind of very lucky hits that he got. Um, but uh, he's been playing a lot. And then um, Tyler Beatty came in, uh, came back um, from Tommy John surgery. And at his first outing today, he pitched one inning, gave up two hits, three runs. Um, so, and, and Logan Webb pitched yesterday. Uh, he, was on a pitch count, but he looked really good. He he looked like the bet the best pitcher in the on the Giants that pitched yesterday, at the very least. Um, are these reinforcements that are uh, are going to help? Well, the fact that Logan Webb after the game told the media that he probably threw the best pitch he's ever thrown yesterday in his whole life, which is a pretty incredible thing for a pitcher to say, and I don't think I've ever heard that. So. Um, I think that getting Logan Webb back definitely adds to the depth and the Giants are happy to have it. Uh, as far as Tyler Beatty, that's more of a, a lottery ticket than anything, having a guy who could come in and spot start or uh, mop up three, four, or five innings in, in a different kind of relieving situation. Um, he'll be very useful, but I think Logan Webb, the more important player uh, out of that bunch that you just mentioned to get back. Well, that kind of brings up another point, which is uh, the trade deadline is is coming. Um, Are we sellers? I think we're sellers. <laughs> and uh, I saw I saw a headline that I didn't read that said that the Giants. Wait, you saw were, a headline that you didn't read? I mean, I saw a headline. I didn't read the article on okay. uh, on on the uh, at that app that said that the Giants' number one priority is going to be starting pitching. Uh, this is uh, from Maria uh, Maria Guardado on. MLB.com. Um, do you think the Giants are going to trade for a starting pitcher? And if so, kind of what is your second half or, or your, your post-deadline rotation look like? I mean, it's pretty obvious at this point that it's Gauss, Gossman, DiSclefani, Cueto, Logan Webb. I mean, that's really what you're looking at as far as the second half rotation. And you're going to want to add another guy. And Wood. And Wood. Sorry, Alex Wood in the third spot. Cueto fourth and then uh, Logan Webb fifth. But with Cueto as your fourth starter, he's been very up and down this season. And there's no reason uh, that the Giants couldn't trade away a little bit of their improved farm system for some starting pitching. But I also don't think it's critical. I don't think if the Giants didn't make a move at the deadline that I would have many uh, false words to say about them. I, I, I can more see them picking up uh, a piece or two uh, for, 
for the offense if Tommy Lestella isn't able to come and be that uh, almost free agent signing in the middle of the season type move uh, just by getting him healthy. So I, I wouldn't be terribly surprised if the Giants stand pretty pat, uh, and I wouldn't criticize them if they did. Yeah, I, I think I, I think I agree with that. I mean, just looking at Johnny Cueto's season, it, like you said, it's been weird. I mean, he was completely dominant early in the season. Then he got hurt, and now it's been kind of a, you know, who knows, Right. Sometimes he's been excellent. Sometimes he hasn't. Um, he, like a slightly does... better version of Jeff Samarja, where he just goes out there and some days it's just home runs, home runs, home runs. And some days it's just near brilliance. So, so Cueto has a 321 ERA in eight starts at home and a 564 ERA in six starts on the road. Um, I mean, most pitchers are better at home, especially when home is San Francisco. Um, but uh, he has a 7.36 ERA in two starts in July so far. Um, that's nine runs in 11 innings. Um, so do you think there's a chance that we see Cueto benched or not used as a starter? Or, you know, let's be really optimistic, uh, does, uh, maybe gets pushed out of the uh, playoff rotation, let's say? Yeah, in the regular season, there's no way. You just need too many pitchers. You know, you're going to end up throwing. Even in the second half, you're probably going to have, you know, eight or nine different guys start a game at various points, and a lot of those are going to be Johnny Cueto if he's healthy. In the playoffs, yeah, you can shrink down to a four-man rotation and then possibly a three-man rotation, depending on how good everyone is going towards the end of the season. But um, I don't see any hesitation in pitching Donnie Cueto in a playoff game. If he continues to have the kind of season he's having right now, I think he's pitchable uh, in a playoff game, but there's, there's just so much context. You don't know uh, going into that playoff series or that individual game. So we'd have to know that, but I I think if the giants make the playoffs, Johnny Cueto pitches a playoff game. Yeah. Another thing that uh, Guardado says in this article is uh, it points out is that the giants do up Aaron Sanchez and Reyes Maranta coming off the IL. Um, in the second half, um, Aaron Sanchez has uh, put up good numbers when he's pitched, but he's been he's been on the 60 day IL. Um, and then Maranta has, you know, is probably the well, he's certainly the longest tenured giant in the bullpen um, and is probably one of the more veteran uh, one of the more veteran relievers in the bullpen when he comes back. So both of the, those guys will help. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, we'll, we'll see what we get out of Webb and, and Beattie. Um, I mean, Beattie was a starter once upon a time. It doesn't necessarily mean they'll use him in the rotation this season. Um, but do you think there's any chance the Giants, you know, trade for Max Scherzer or something like that? I don't think so. I or, or you know, the Nationals may be, may be in it. So sub that out for, you know, good pitcher on a bad team of your choice. I think another part of it is the Giants want to make sure that everyone knows that they are actively going after starting pitching because a lot of their competitors in the National League are going to be looking for starting pitching come the deadline. So they just want to make sure that they're players in every trade possibility and they can perhaps help raise the stakes of different trades and try to uh, not sabotage other teams, but make sure that teams are having to take the full force of the hit when they do make a win now trade for their squad. So I just think that's the obvious spot for upgrade for a lot of teams. So the giants being in on that and being public about that, uh, would be pretty smart. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw the Dodgers kind of make some deadline trades over the last few years that really didn't seem like they hurt the farm system that much. (laughs) You know, they gave up... uh, they gave up a few guys in the Mookie Betts trade. I mean, none of them were particularly highly ranked prospects. Um, they didn't give up their, you know, their Jeter Downs or who, uh, you know, I don't know the Dodgers farm system that well. But um, yeah, I mean, if if the other NL West contenders or or you know or other contenders from other divisions go for it, we want them to actually pay for it. So yeah, um, absolutely. And hey, maybe we can just sign Scherzer next year uh, as a free agent. So, uh, so that's another thing, and, and this is going to be a very serious conversation. Um, the, the Dodgers are currently without Trevor Bauer. Um, he's on administrative leave from the commissioner's office because of sexual assault allegations um, that have been levied against him. Um, the allegations that were made public from a uh, from a public restraining order <clears throat> essentially stated that he was uh had um met up with a woman uh for uh to have sex that it was rough and included uh several things that he did without her consent including very seriously injuring her it sounds like um this is not funny uh, this is not fuel for uh, this is not something we should gloat about because we don't like Trevor Bauer because we don't like the Dodgers. Um, but it's something that uh, should be taken very seriously. I mean, we know Trevor Bauer as somebody who uh, does not seem to have respect for women. Um, uh, we saw very publicly that he would harass women online. Uh, he would kind of direct his idiot followers to, uh, to harass women on his behalf Um and he's just generally been a person that we don't like. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that he, the commissioner's office finally put him on administrative leave. It was kind of bullshit when um, Dave Roberts said that uh, it was when asked whether they were going to pull him from his start uh, last weekend, Dave Roberts said that it was out of his hands, which it isn't. So I don't understand that, but I'm glad that the commissioner's office at least is taking it seriously enough Um but, I mean, this is the kind of thing that he could actually go to jail for this, not to mention uh, be suspended or kind of, uh, you know, have baseball consequences. I've been reading about sports for about 30 years now since, you know, I could read. Uh, some of the first books I remember picking up in elementary school were biographies of Grant Hill and other NBA players and just being fascinated by those. I don't think I've ever not been able to finish an ESPN.com article. Uh, and I will say that I could not finish the one that uh, was giving details of the allegations against Trevor Bauer. Just absolutely abhorrent behavior. And, you know, obviously uh, this is all going to have to play itself out. But we believe the victim. Um, and we, of course, don't condone any actions that the Dodgers did in the immediate <laughs> time after uh, everything came down. Eventually the right thing was done. He's on administrative leave. It's just terrible. It's terrible for baseball, you know, who already has a problem with guys like Araldis Chapman existing in such public spaces. And um, baseball hasn't really done a good job of rooting out uh, past abusers. And we'll, we'll see how this one shakes out. But yeah, the, the Dodgers Giants rivalry does not come into effect here. If this was a um, Toronto Blue Jays podcast, we'd probably still be talking about Trevor Bauer just because it's so 
relevant to the discourse in Major League Baseball, especially the discourse that is happening online with baseball's fans and players mixing and agents and all the crazy things that are happening. Um, there just really isn't a more relevant story than this, and it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out the rest of the season. I, you don't see any way he plays the rest of this season, do you? I mean, not really. Like, just given the way that criminal investigations move, I don't think – I mean, this is probably something that's going to be – spinning its wheels for quite some time. Um, I, I don't see any, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what we could possibly find out that would uh, lead there to be enough kind of public acknowledgement that he's innocent or whatever uh, to such to the point that, I mean, MLB would make the kind of horrendous decision of putting him back in. Anyway, we're glad that MLB is doing what uh, what it should, which is putting him on leave um, during this during this investigation. To answer um, my question, you say no, he doesn't play again this season, right? I would I would say I don't see any way that he does. Okay, agreed. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean we're we're just hoping that the investigation uncovers what it uncovers, and uh, and, and like you said, we we believe the victim, we believe women. Um, and uh, you know we we want we want them to figure out what happened. And Twitter um, Twitter Trevor Bauer fans eat shit. That's all yeah. I have to say. Just yeah, eat, eat shit. Eat shit. It won't hurt you. You might have a, a, a queasy stomach for a few hours, but like you know, in the end, you'll be fine. But seriously, <laughs> eat shit. If you're the kind of person who sees this news and your immediate reaction is Trevor Bauer needs me to go defend him on social media, then you should seriously uh, take a look at your life and and what led you to that decision and uh, make some changes. Agreed. Well, uh, let's make an awkward transition once again to talk about uh, the Giants going forward uh, as we do at the end of each, at the end of yeah, each see, show. See, see what I was going to do was, uh, you know, do you want to talk more about this or do you want to see me hit a few dingers? Uh, let's talk about the home run derby. Yeah. But, let's talk about the home run. Derby. You're not a Simpsons fan. So you don't understand that reference. I know the episode. It's got Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco and Ken Griffey Jr. in it, right? Uh, okay, you're getting your your wires crossed. You're you're talking about Homer at the bat, which is the one about um, when Mr. Burns builds the Ringer team, um, Ringer softball team. Um, this is one where uh, Bart goes a little crazy. He uh, becomes convinced that the uh, that Major League Baseball is watching everybody, everything that everyone does with spy satellites. He he uh, steals a tank from an army base and shoots down the satellite, thus proving himself correct. And when everyone's gathering around to, you know, figure out what happened, Mark McGuire shows up and he says, you know, uh, do you want to do you want to hear the awful truth about what what Major League Baseball is doing, or do you want to see me hit a few dingers? And everyone goes dingers, dingers, yay! Anyway, just to, so. just to confirm, this is an animated show. Yes. Okay. So uh, the home run derby bracket is set. Uh, the the contestants this year are this guy named Shohei Otani, who I I feel like I would have heard of this guy if he were any good. Um, <clears throat> okay, this is not in order. Oh. Um, Juan you said you Soto. could read. You said you could read. Well, it went from one to eight, and then and then I realized I was reading a bracket. So okay, uh, Juan Soto, uh, Joey Gallo, Trevor Story, Matt Olson, um, Trey Mancini, 
Salvador Perez, Pete Alonso. Um, that's the bracket. So can I ask a question? And I'm going to yes. giggle while I ask it, but it's a serious question. Who's Trey Mancini? Trey Mancini is a slugger from the Orioles. He's also a cancer survivor. He, he took a couple years off. Um, and this was his year back. Uh, this is his first year back. So uh, he's someone that I'll always be rooting for. Welcome back, Trey. <laughs> um, yeah, he, I mean, he has 15 homers. He's been a good slugger this year. The Orioles are terrible. But All right. Make, make your homers. He's exciting. Who, who, who are we betting on? Um, so if you look at the list so far, the the hitter with the most homers – in the first half is, of course, Shohei Otani, who's leading all of uh, Major League Baseball in home runs. Um, after that, uh, so Otani has 32. Um, after that, uh, Gallo has 23. Matt Olson has 21. Is, is this uh, information relevant to, to who wins the home run derby every year? I don't feel like there's a correlation. I think it's going to be, I think, I think it's going to be Gallo. Um, but my uh, my sweetheart pick is Mancini. Okay, see, I was going to pick Gallo, too, after you picked Shohei Otani because, oh, he has the most home runs. This is the most Danny thing ever to do. No, uh, okay. So I was going to come in with a sleeper, not a sleeper, but come in with Gallo. And, and Wow, you think Gallo's going to hit a lot of home runs? That's quite a sleeper pick. <laughs> um, okay, no, I can pick someone else. I'll pick Matt Olson. All right, I'll take Joey Gallo, and we'll let we'll let the people have Shohei Otani because they deserve, and the people deserve Shohei Otani. Yeah. Okay, but but who do you want to win? Like, are are any of these guys other than Otani because he's everyone loves him? Are any of these guys like people that you've like had a crush on for for years or anything like that? That's an interesting question. So it's uh, Soto, Otani, Mancini, Gallo, who am I Olsen missing? Story. And Salvi Perez, maybe Salvi Perez, just because I feel bad because he did have to make the last out in the 2014 World Series. <laughs> it wasn't really his fault that he got to face Madison Bumgarner coming off an injury. So let's go Salvi. So here's some facts on MLB.com about Salvi. Um, no Royals player, I mean, not necessarily about Salvi himself, but no Royals player has ever won the Derby. Um, Mike Moustakis was eliminated in the first round in 2017, which is the only other Royal who's been in the Derby at all in the last 30 years. Um, no catcher has ever won the Derby. Um, Pudge in 2005 finished second. Um, uh, right. Salvi's career high in homers is 27, and he has 20. He's the only catcher uh, other than... Gary Sanchez and Javi Lopez. This is the other Javi Lopez, not Javi, not Giants Javi Lopez. As the only catchers in the past 20 years to have 20 homers by the All-Star break. Um, does any of that change your change your Salvi crush? No, not at all. I still want him to win it, though I, I think Gallo's going to take it. All right. You, you've got Gallo. I've got Matt Olson. Um, I'm also going to take the American League, put it on the board. Oh yeah, so let's talk about that. So you're 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 taking American League. I'll take I'll take the NL. Um, I think we're gonna have better pitching. Uh, Buster not playing. Obviously, no team can win without Buster Posey. That's been proven. Acuna not playing. Acuna not Acuna not um, so Matata uh, today. And uh, not to mention that Degrom and Gossman are both uh, sitting out because they pitch. They're going to pitch tomorrow. Um. But you know, Yadier Molina, our favorite guy, is uh, is is the starting catcher for the team. So what does that what does that do for you? 
Nothing. That's terrible. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah, is he's older than us, right? He's older than most people. I can't even sleep right anymore. Like, how is he still catching? I actually, I wouldn't. The Giants were playing the Cardinals. I thought this was funny. Yadier Molina standing in the on deck circle in the squat, and I'm like, you yeah, why? don't get you don't get enough of that. Aren't you tired? I, I I can't sit in the squat as long as he sat in the on deck circle in the squat, and then he goes and does it for you know what close to ninety minutes uh, in a given day. It's crazy. I mean, yeah, like I that's something that that's something that I have never had the fitness to do is be one of those guys who in order to relax, I'll like get in the squat. Can you um, relay the list of things that you have the physical fitness to do real quick? <laughs> that's rude. <laughs> it's not climb four Pick foot. Your ass is one of them. <laughs> you have to catch me first. Yeah. Um, okay. So after the all-star break starting next Friday, um, the giants are going to St. Louis for three games, going to LA for four games. Um, then home against Pittsburgh. So let's say we're going to record roughly around uh, July 25th. That is uh, 10 games, three, three against cards, four against Dodgers, three against Pittsburgh. What do you, what do you predict? Okay. Okay. And and Um, not including tomorrow's game. Yeah. Not including the game against the nationals. We're going to win tomorrow. Uh, Two of three against the cards, a little revenge factor from them taking two of three from us. Uh, split with the Dodgers. Uh, we'll probably score like four runs in that series and win two games. And then uh, it's a, another four-game set with Pittsburgh. It's three games. Three games. Sweep it. 3-0. So seven and three. Okay. Okay. I, I'm going to be uh, – I think I'll probably also end up at seven and three, but it's going to be a little, little different. I think they're going to take three or four against the Dodgers. I think they need Ooh. to uh, – I think I think they're gonna I think they're gonna finally get it together against the Dodgers. So, um, and then two of three against. You know what? I'm, I think they're gonna sweep the Cardinals three or four against the Dodgers, and then they're gonna lose the series at home against the, the Pirates. Just because that's what happens. Did you just say the Giants are gonna sweep a team that has Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado? Yes, yes, I did. You're a fool. But that's I'm not I'm not disputing that, but. Um, but the Giants are going to have their rotation set. They're going to have Gossman and I don't know who's number two, Disclafani, probably. Um, you're telling me that you think the Dodgers might win the division, and you just admitted to me that you're a fool. I don't see why those two does are this, inconsistent. Does this podcast need to end now? Have I achieved all my goals? <laughs> um, so that's what I'm saying. Uh, three of three against St. Louis, three of four against the Dodgers, uh, the Dodgers and one of three against the Pirates. Wow. Okay, you're taking a, a a zag where I zigged. I see. Yeah, exactly. All right. That, fair enough. You know, you can't have a zig without a zag. Well, I've been crushing this season, so I'm gonna just say that I predict that I predict better than you. All right. Well, I I, I agree with that. <laughs> End the show. I can't do this anymore. Okay, Thomas, you go enjoy the rest of your uh, you know of your come down, and uh, how dare you. Looking forward to the All-Star break. Looking forward to Matt Olson uh, coming up just short against Joey Gallo. I, but, but really, I'll be rooting for Shohei Otani. Um, he's Thomas Todd. I'm Danny Zarchi. Do not follow us on social media. You'll regret doing so. Um, thanks for listening. And go Giants. Go Giants. Go Giants.